Hey, ladies. Welcome, welcome. This is Melissa McLeod coming at you with a head cold. Sorry for the congestion. I'm so thrilled to share this interview with you with a dear friend and financial whiz, Gillian Tarkington. She's someone I've done business with for years. She's my personal tax preparer and my bookkeeper and my sorority sister. Gillian and I go way back to the 90s, the late 90s, on the campus of UC Berkeley as two fresh-faced rushies. We both pledged the Lambda chapter of Alpha Phi. And here we are um, 20 years later. Is that right? Over 20 years. Okay, 22 years later. Still connected. And thank goodness for Facebook, you know, for maintaining all these relationships over the years. And when Gillian launched out as a tax professional, I was building my brand in the life coaching space. And she's also become a true business bestie for me so we can support each other and hold each other accountable and rally each other on. And I'm talking about our relationships with money this month. It's October, 2019 in my private free life coaching group, the trophies. And I do expert interviews each month. So this month I knew I had to bring on Gillian, but not for the reason you think, not because she is so good with money. It's because of her ability to transform her money mindset. And you know, someone could tell you what to do with your money and how to save your money and how to pay off debt. A, B, C, X, Y, Z, follow the steps. But it's what's going on between your ears that makes all the difference. It's how you feel and how you think about the green energy that's dictating your financial life and all the decisions you make around money, whether you have it or you don't, whether you're good at making it or you think you're not. And Gillian had a personal trial and instead of shrinking, she stepped up to the plate and transformed her relationship with money. And that's why she's so remarkable. Take a listen. Well, hello, trophies. We are so excited that you're here with us this morning. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy days. So Melissa did a great job of introducing me. My name is Gillian Tarkington. Melissa and I are old friends, and I'm so glad that we are on similar business journeys here now, and we can connect and do these sorts of things. So as she mentioned, I am a tax preparer and a bookkeeper, and I actually work virtually, which means that you send me your tax documents and I provide guidance and support. And we also communicate via phone and email instead of having an in-person appointment. And that's how I worked with Melissa and her husband when we were doing their taxes. And that's also how I do bookkeeping. So I have clients all over the country and it's really awesome to work that way. And it's becoming more and more popular. So just to really quick do a little plug, if you ever need my services, please send me a DM. You can do it through Facebook. You can contact Melissa. She'll know how to find me. And uh, without further ado, Melissa, I'll just, I'll just dive in. Dive in. Just dive in with your, my, your incredible story. My incredible money story. Okay. We all, we all have like our dirty secrets, right? And I've just decided to air mine on video. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so almost three years ago, to the day, my ex-husband and I separated and we had, our son at the time was a year and a half. And when we separated, I was a stay-at-home mom. 
Now let's back up a little bit. So Melissa and I met at Cal. So we started there and I also have a lot of experience in the financial area. I actually had a series seven in my previous life and I was a stockbroker and I've jumped around in finance quite a bit. But once my son was born, I really wanted to focus on him. So I had been out of the workforce for a bit and then I had to completely and totally re-examine my money mindset because my mindset forever had been, I work, I work hard, but I'm going to meet a great man and we are going to have a family and I am not going to be working full time because I'm going to be focusing on raising my kids. In fact, I even told my ex-husband, well, I don't know if I told you this, when we first met, Mm-hmm. I was so serious about my, my money mindset mm-hmm. that I told him, Hey, um, this might like freak you out and make you turn away before we even get to know each other. But you just need to know that, um, I am going to have a family and unless my children are hungry, I'm not going to be working full time while I raise that family. And so I just want to make sure that, you know, you're okay with that. That's how important it was to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also one of the reasons I didn't go to law school because I knew that if I saddled up that sort of debt, I would not be able to, um, you know, not work full time. So really my adult life, my priority had been like setting up for that time. Fast forward a few years and imagine yourself getting divorced and not having a job. And it was really hard to accept because my, my money story was really tied in with my identity. So that's, I think, when it's the most important to examine and also kind of the most painful. Because as we know now, I mean, we're all grownups, right? You're a grownup. I'm a grownup. All the trophies are grownups. We kind of know at this point that things don't always work out as you picture. I mean, you have this story that you tell yourself and so many amazing things happen, but also you learn that life has some loss and there, there are some times that you have to adapt and change. So I really knew that I was going to have to make a big, big switch. So I decided that my, my sacrifice, I was obviously going to have to work full time, um, but I wanted to have the flexibility to still be there for my son. And I felt that the only way to do that was to be self-employed. And I had to do things, I had to make big compromises that were hard for me. Like I had to put my son into childcare full time. That was really, really difficult. Um, But it was something I absolutely was going to have to do either way. So I thought if I'm going to make this big of a sacrifice, I'm going to go for the gold and change my money story to be not only can I be a full-time breadwinner, I can have a million dollars in the bank. Like I'm serious, Melissa, like this, it was a huge change for me. Not like I ever thought. I I never didn't think I couldn't make money, but it just wasn't my focus. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, if I am going to change this rapidly and lose what at the time was my dream and put my son into childcare and things like that, I am going to knock it out of the water. I mean, watch out world. So I decided that I would take some of the skills I already had, such as the, um, the bookkeeping and the tax preparation, and I would go into business for myself. And it was really, really scary because there was nothing to fall back on. Um, But I told myself that the money was already there. 
that the money existed, that other people were getting paid for something. So why couldn't I? And in the back of my mind was always my son being there to pick him up from school, being there if he needed to go to a doctor's appointment. He really, I let him inform my money story um, instead of just grasping for something. He was my, you know, my rock and my foundation. And the reason that on the hardest days I get up and I'm still able to, to build a business. And so what's happened, and this is kind of miraculous now looking back since it's been a little while with something that was created out of such pain has turned into one of the pleasures of my life. Um, I seriously, I, I thought of you this morning as soon as I woke up because I was so excited to do this call. And I woke up and, and I don't have my son this morning. He's with his dad. I'll pick him up um, after school today. I woke up this morning at 5.30 and I thought, I am so happy to start work. I am so, I'm so happy for work today. And I just sprung out of bed. I had never done that in my life even before having my son. So, um, yeah. So I found that, and I, I really want to emphasize this trophies, just know if you're making changes, major changes to your life, if you're examining yourself, um, and again, money is so tied in with who we are and like our psychology, the change that occurred with me and enjoying my work and in being excited about making money and, and accepting that like this business is a part of my life and that working full time is a part of my life. It took a while. It didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. What it took was me showing up every single day and focusing on the most important thing in my life, which is my son. Mm -hmm. And it's hard at first, just like they say, getting up early is hard at first. I mean, talk about me at five 30. Like you guys don't know me. And Melissa, I don't know if you remember me, but I was like, not the early person ever, ever, ever. But you, you show up for life. You do what's important. And that informs your next step. That informs your next step. And it's crazy with me. And Melissa and I were actually talking over the phone um, last week about this. For me, it changes. Boom. They just happen. You know, like a year later, I wake up and I'm, oh, that's a habit now. It's mm -hmm. not even hard. Wow. I get to keep that tool. I get to keep it in my toolbox. This money mindset now, it's mine this business feels so good. It feels so good to look at money in a whole different way, a way that is different than I ever have in my life. And, and maybe trophies, you'll relate to this as well. Not only can you use your children as the impetus for change and with money and other areas, um, but you can use who you are, your, your motherhood, your, your humanity, your willingness to give to other people. Like another one of my big goals is with all this money that I'm going to have, because I know it's mine. It's just me showing up and bringing it to me. Um, I'm going to help people. Oh my God. I am not going to give like $50 to, you know, my favorite charity. I'm going to change lives. And I never would have been in a position to do that if I hadn't um, been in this really, really difficult situation. And it's taken time to get there. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the high level story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being so brave yes. to share your story. Of course. I just, I hope, I'm sure other people, there are a few people out there who can relate or know someone who might be able to relate. And I figure if I can help 
you know, even one person, then I mean, shoot, I'll do it. Thank you. Well, yeah, no problem. This reminds me of this book I recommended to the trophies, Prince Charming Isn't Coming. So many women think Prince Charming is coming and it could be a job with a stable income. It could be a man. It could be your parents, but Mm -hmm. having to go from totally dependent on somebody to dependent on yourself, it's a huge deal. And y'all, Gillian does not get spousal support. She is a single mom doing this. And you said you do what you need to do. Not everybody does. There's plenty of people that move in with their parents, go on assistance, et cetera. And you're different. And Gillian lives in a really nice neighborhood in Northern California, and she is doing the deal. So I want to know, how did you make the shift? If your identity was, I'm a stay-at-home mom, married, dependent on my husband, raising my son, and now you're a breadwinner, how do you make that shift? It's not easy. It, it isn't easy. I think, gosh, how would I, how would I pin that down? Part of it, you guys is, you know, what do they say? Necessity is the mother of invention, whatever it is in your life that just, you just wake up and one day it's like, no more, just no more of this. I feel like you have to get to the point, you know, it's easy here and there to make like minor shifts, but I don't know if I ever would have made this shift if I hadn't gotten divorced and been forced into it. You know, other people make major shifts because of, say, like a tragedy in their lives, like a death or, you know, a, a somebody, mo- you, you move across the country and, and you're put into a place where you have to do something new. I think also in relationships, um, you know, I say this, anyone would understand who've been through a divorce, you get to the point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. And so there are so many areas of our lives where we just get fed up and you realize, I have been thinking this way for so long and it isn't working. Mm. The first step I'd say, okay, so Melissa to answer your question. The first step is to say this belief that I have, this thing I'm propagating in my life, it is not working for me. And that can have to do with money or it can have to do with something else, but you have to get to that point and you have to really acknowledge that there is a problem and you have to say, I can change this. Okay. So I'm kind of thinking as I go here, that's the second thing is to tell yourself and believe that you can change it. It may Mm -hmm. feel like you can't. I never, ever would have said I can do what I'm doing now, ever. You can do it. Then, okay, here's the third part. Wow. This is organizing in my mind very nicely. (laughs) Um, This is a book or at least a really good blog post about Is is someone taking notes for me? Like, can someone send me the transcript of this, please? Yes, I'm recording it to the publisher. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The third thing would be finding the motivation because you can want to change. But I think a lot of people call this their why. Mm -hmm. As I described in my story, my why was really my son. Um, my why is now also becoming making massive change in other people's lives. Um, but my first and true why is my son. So your why is the reason you get up out of bed, why you, you know, do the hard things. Why? So you find your motivation. And then the fourth thing, honestly, you guys, it's not rocket science. It's just showing up every day showing up every day showing up and being committed is like 
99% of the battle because guys, we're like, I'm talking, it's been three years for me. Like it's been three years. The first year, you better believe I was in pain like every day. It's not fast. It's not easy. I, I joke around and I say I'm on the five-year plan to like a new life. So I'm not, you know, quite there yet. Um, but just don't give, some days you're going to hide in bed. Some days are, you're just, you're going to try so hard. You're going to fail. Um, you never give up. You never give up. You never give up. You never give up. And I promise you changes will happen. So apply, like I said, apply this to your money mindset, apply this to other areas of your life too. So that's it. Thank you. Were there any specific exercises you have done or can recommend for the trophies? Well, okay. So this is the fun part. Okay. Trophies. Are you ready? I'm yes. just thinking of something really simple that might get your, you know, wheels turning. You're thinking, how does this apply to me? So let's, let's focus on money. Let's focus on your money mindset. Okay. I'm, Melissa, are you ready? I am. So, okay. Ladies, you might want to stop the video for just a sec after we, cause I really, and I know Melissa really wants you to get something out of this. So your exercise is to think of the words that pop into your mind, the words, the images, when you hear the word money. What is the first thing that comes to mind? I say money, you say bong. I say money, you say, right? So that could be crazy images from your childhood. We're not talking full paragraphs or sentences. It's just the crazy images that you go, wow, I associate that with money. So. Anyway, if you need to stop, stop right now. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> okay, Melissa, do you have any words that you can share with the trophies? Yes. Money is definitely a big motivator for me. So you say money, I'm like, yes. And I also know that I'm really into saving it like Mm -hmm. almost hoarding it to the point where I don't even okay. like to spend money. So that's wow. I wish I, I had that problem, <laughs> <laughs> but I know that's from a place of lack. Like there's, there may not be enough. So I need to save it just in case. I definitely take mm -hmm. like saving for a rainy day to like a crazy extreme. So, okay. Um, yeah, I know those. So what, your first word was like, it was like, yes. Ooh, I felt like it was like power. Yeah, I'm in. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then how would you quickly summarize, like, what's a word or two for the, like, savings? Like, when you say money, I say savings. Um, let's bank it. Let's store it. Let's hoard let's it. Let's bank it. Let's store <laughs> it. Let's hoard it. I like that. That's very <laughs> cool. Okay, so I, I have words that I think of, like, pre this and, you know, pre my story, and mm -hmm. then in the last three years. So they're very different. Um, before this, if you would have said money, I would have, okay, give me a word. I would have said something like fleeting, unimportant, what? <laughs> and <laughs> what I, what I mean by that is, um, you know, I've always been very responsible with money and I've had jobs and, you know, saved and whatever. But now I know I always thought at the end of the day that someone else was going to take care of it. Mm. You know, like I always thought that like I would be in this family and, and 
my husband would take care of it or whatever. So it, it was like, it was money, but it wasn't really my concern. I was a modern woman who I, I, who felt that way. I don't know if I would have admitted it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, now I think of money and I think of mine. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, when I write down, I'm like, I'm going to have a million dollars in the bank. And then I look at it and I'm like, mm, that's conservative. I'm going to have $10 million in the bank. You know, I just think of like money, bring it on, bring it on mine. So it's just, it's funny. And by the way, guys, I don't yet have a million dollars in the bank. I'm only three years into my journey, but um, you check in with me later. Yeah. So for me, it's already there. It's already in the bank. It's mine. That's ownership. Great job for taking ownership for changing your story. Yes. Yes. So, and then we have one more exercise, you guys, Mm -hmm. and it's really easy like this last one. And um, now Melissa and I want you to think about the money messages that were input into your brain as a child. Mm -hmm. So this isn't necessarily one word. These are concepts. It's like maybe things you heard your parents saying, what you observed, um, what basically what you internalized um, from childhood, whether or not it's serving you now. So if you need to take a minute, again, turn off the video. Stop the video. Write it down. Your earliest money memories. Like what impressions did you have when you were a kid? Yes. Okay. Did you do it? <laughs> Welcome Because we're back. Okay. <laughs> okay. Melissa, you start. What do you have? I remember my mom definitely was in charge of all the expenses, like the daily expenses, the grocery shopping, buying clothes, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. She paid the bills, but my dad did all the big ticket items, like all the investing. He was in charge of mm-hmm. the insurance. Um, mm-hmm. He was the breadwinner. So I always saw them sharing the responsibilities, but they had very different roles. And mm-hmm. now that my husband and I are at a place where I would say we're on the same page with it, I can see how mm-hmm. my mom may have been in the dark with a lot of things or just not have been involved with um, right. like right. those big, bigger expenses. Once my dad came home with a new car, my mom ne- was not involved, never went to the dealership with them. And it was a car for her. When I was oh, wow. in college, my parents had already left the house I had grown up in, although I moved a lot as a kid, so it wasn't like my childhood home, but they had moved when I was in college and then moved again when I was in college a second time. My dad went to look at the lot, put down a deposit, came home, told my mom, we're moving. I mean, that's how, like the, um, the imbalance. Wow. My dad would make these big, big decisions. And so, um, I how would have, you observe that affecting your mom? Was that okay? Or was she you like, no, I, because I'd grown up like that, you know, my dad coming home with a new car that was like the new family right. car my mom was going to drive us around in. It wasn't yeah. unusual. Now that I'm married with kids, oh, <laughs> <You're whack. laughs> <Can> you imagine? <laughs> by the way, uh, like what? I got a new house today. We're moving. <laughs> what? Are you able to talk to your mom about those things? Hmm. Sounds like my parents have been married almost 50 years. I, it's not my business. It's like what works for them. Um, yeah, totally. Not how, how I want to show up in my marriage, but wow. Right. It's like pretty good. Yeah. Wow. 
but I can see that, that is I was true. I was definitely showing up like that. My husband and I had a um, a big disagreement early on in our marriage. He got a bonus at work. He put it all towards the student loans, and uh-huh. I wanted to buy a house. I wanted to save for a down payment on a house. We're living in this tiny shoebox apartment in Northern California. Right, right, and that was just a such a big point of contention that I wrote to Susie Orman and I was featured on her show to <laughs> say who was right, him or me. <laughs> right. Right. And um, that's oh another gosh. story, but yeah, I could see how right. I was showing up like that because I should have been involved, but I wasn't, I was just taking a backseat to what he was doing with, with, with the money. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so those are your early money memories that play out when you're adults. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And the things that trigger, you're like, that's not going to be me, you know? And, and, oh man, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, I know I'm not even married anymore. I'm thinking, Ooh, ooh that, that, that's a painful one. Um, you know, it's funny. I have, I have memories of what I have so many messages from my childhood with money, but what's interesting, you know, I've talked to people about this before and they'll, share a story or they'll say, oh, it was, you know, I, money is dirty or there's plenty of it or, or a very specific message. Mm-hmm. In regarding to money itself, um, in my family, it was, it was kind of fleeting. It was kind of unimportant. Like it wasn't a topic of conversation. It, money just didn't exist. And I should mm-hmm. say, like, we weren't rich people. We we're very middle class. But um, my parents, and a lot of this, you know, I know now as an adult, they, their goal was to let me just be a child and have a child's problems and not worry about adult problems because mm-hmm. they didn't have that opportunity. So as a result, they went totally the opposite way. They didn't even teach me responsibility about a lot of the basics um, because they just wanted me to be a kid and get good grades. So um, money was never discussed. Um, They never said anything like we can't afford that or we can. It was just a non-issue. However, Mm -hmm. interestingly, the behavior about work, the behavior about what you do to get money, again, never said in words. That was very, very clear from my dad, Mm -hmm. who is an artist at heart like me, but um, for a living, he was a, a contractor, a construction manager. And the unspoken rule was if you have a job and you relate to that job and like it's a part of your identity you're really into it and it's not art related you are a sucker sell out like sell Mm -hmm. out and you know he made you know good money and um he was also very lucky but by the time he retired, I mean, he was in the, you know, in the office back, out back. And, and, you know, he'd bring his art supplies and he'd bring the guitar and he was the boss. And then when he had to do something, he'd just put it away, do his thing and then go back. And, and he, um, he told me like, you know, his very first job when he was living in San Francisco, like when he was a kid was for what was wine stocks. Like he was a rug salesman. And I remember he you know, he snuck out during his, during his shift and he like took a nap. <laughs> and my dad has so many stories like that. And I've just heard him forever since growing up. And I have always really idolized him. 
And it was just kind of like the stick it to the man attitude, but do it smartly. I mean, we're, we need to make money, but uh, you know, don't work too hard, especially mm. if you're in like, you know, a, a... so I, in my career early on also kind of took that attitude. Like I'm a little too cool. And that, I mean, it was fine, but it really didn't set me up again for that growth mentality of like, yes, I'm going to earn the money. It's mine. Um, it was more like money, whatever, like it's cool. I can make some and then I can drift and then I can do some over here and someone else is going to take care of it anyway, eventually. So yeah. So there's my money story for you. Mm. Yeah. Well, I would definitely uh, encourage all of the trophies or anyone listening to go back to those early money memories. And hopefully you can find the ones that are serving you and then let go of the ones that aren't. Yes. That story. And, you know, I think, again, just the most important part of life sometimes is examining it. I bet you, if you haven't thought about this a lot in your life, that this will really get your wheels turning. So it's something to think about. Gillian, I want to congratulate you on rewriting your money story. That's why I was so excited to have you on. Thank it's you. really impressive. Thank you so much. Y'all, if I she really can do it, you can do it. Exactly. No, honestly, honestly, you guys, like, if I could do it, you can do it. Let me just be the person to tell you that. If you ever need motivation, let me know. Um, or if you ever need her services, I'll tell you oh, one thing I did not know about my finances and bookkeeping and doing taxes is how creative it is. This isn't just black and white and numbers and columns and calculators. Yeah. You got to get real creative in this business. And as a home-based business owner, I was lost at sea with all of yeah. the, um, I just wasn't well-versed in all the write-offs and things like that. And so Gillian can help you get very creative with your business, which oh, is what happens you. in that industry. Yeah. And, and, you know, Melissa, you're actually not alone. Most people are, I mean, whether or not you have a small business, even with taxes, most people are either lost at sea or don't realize that they are, which means mm -hmm. that they're just not maximizing everything that they could. So obviously we have to be legal, but um, tax work is also very creative. And the more that you have an intimate relationship with your tax preparer, with your bookkeeper, um, you know, there's a lot of give and take. It's not just a cut and dried thing. So I, one of the things I've really grown to love and value, one of the reasons I love to get out of bed in the morning and do what I do is because I have been attracting really amazing clients like Melissa, um, mostly women, interestingly, and their families, um, because we just value community and we value our children. We just have the kind of the same general picture of life going on. And I find that that really informs them being able to open up to me and we're able to just kind of get in there and really dig and really make things happen and, and make it less stressful for people. So yeah, if, if anyone out there trophies, if you or anyone, you know, ever needs my services, tax preparation, bookkeeping, please, again, feel free to let me know. I work virtually, which means that, and I mentioned this at the beginning of our film, um, that basically you just submit tax documents to me and then I guide you through the process um, and we communicate via phone and email. And that's why I'm able to have clients all over the place. So you can send me a message, just like a DM through Facebook, or you can contact Melissa and she can put you into contact with me. Mm -hmm. It would just be if my you have a home-based business, you are just plugging you. numbers into TurboTax like I was. You're, doing, you're missing out. You're missing out. You want to work yeah. with a professional. 
Yeah. And even sometimes, unfortunately, if you go to the big box places, some of those people there have, you know, they went through a six week training program. So again, certain people can check boxes. Other people kind of know what's happening with the tax law and can work things to your advantage. So. Thank you, Gillian. Thank you. Feels so good recommending you. Thank you for being here and thank sharing you. your vulnerable, brave, and courageous story. And we know oh, thank you. there's a million dollars in your bank me. in the future. It's yes. Woo, I can't wait. <laughs> thanks for okay, watching. Thanks. thanks for checking out Gillian's story. If you want to get in touch with her, you can find her online. Gillian Tarkington is G-I-L-L-I-A-N space T-A-R-K-I-N-G. T-O-N. She's about to launch her website, so I'll put it in the notes when it comes out. And you can always find me, and I'm such a close friend of hers. I'll just put you in touch with her. If you need someone to help you do more than just plug and play your numbers into TurboTax, which is what my husband and I were doing for many years, you need to just stop that, especially if you have a home-based business. There's so much more you can do within the law, things you can take advantage of, take advantage of Gillian's creativity or at least a free consultation. Thanks and see you next week.